Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Content Executive at Goodlord. And in today's episode, I'm joined by Abigail Wilkes, Head of Lettings and Asset Management at Redbrick Estate Agents. So thanks for joining me today, Abby. No problem at all. Um, so today we'll, we'll be taking a look at the recent trend for acquisitions in the property industry, uh, as well as the looking at the other ways that agencies can grow portfolios, their businesses. Um, but first, it would be great to get a bit of an insight as to who or what Redbrick is. Uh, so if you could perhaps kick us off by telling us a bit about who you are as an agency, that would be great. Well, so we're an independent agency, started um, sales in 2013, lettings came about in 2016. Um, and we kind of started, it's all been, originally growth has been from organic growth, word of mouth, referrals from the sales department mainly, or friends of people that worked here, and um, letting the business started. And we've now grown up to just under 500 managed units um, in, in that short space of time. So we've, we've grown very quickly. And um, we cover Sheffield and Chesterfield um, in the areas and, and surrounding areas as well, to be fair. We, we'll, if it, if we can get there, we will we'll manage it. We'll look after it. That's a good mantra, I think. As long as you you can reach it, you can manage it. That's a good one. <laughs> Obviously, the last time I spoke with one of your colleagues at Redbrick, it was on the topic of acquisitions. Um, at the minute, there does seem to be a bit of a boom. I'm constantly receiving news flashes flashes saying that yet another agency has been snapped up by another agency. Um, but uh, at that time, when when I last spoke with your colleague, I believe that you'd acquired uh, Preston Baker Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's quite a good time almost to to revisit that topic and and look at you know why acquisitions are quite so popular especially at the moment. What do you think is driving that current uh, trend for acquisitions and more consolidation in the property industry? It's obviously faster than organic growth and you can't beat that. Obviously, organic growth is is quite slow and with an acquisition, you immediately just get another 50, 60 properties under your management. It's a really good income stream straight away Um, and there's obviously different revenue streams from them as well. Um, in regards to obviously what we do on a day-to-day business and um, of that I mean we've not just done one we've we've always had it in the business plan to include acquisitions that's Preston Baker's our third one and um, so we started them pretty early um, to grow the business and they do massively help with growing it to where you want it to be. No, so it's, it's, it's interesting because then it's obviously has been part of your agency's strategy uh, throughout, really, as you say, it's, it's been three acquisitions so far. Presumably, you'd you'd always be looking ahead as to as to where to go next. Um, what, why do you think that there has been perhaps a, so many recently over the past year? Um, do you think there's anything in particular that's uh, the impetus behind that? Or is it just been building towards that for a while in the industry? I think letting the, the letting fee ban in 2019 had a massive impact just on sole letting agencies. And um, if if it was just a sole letting agency and didn't have a prop up from the sales, that was a big income hit for most agencies. And um, for us, we were obviously we've always been propped up by a sales business alongside, um, and those smaller independent agents we found are the ones that have wanted to get out too much reg- legislation changes, regulation changes that they're constant and keeping on top of that if you've not got the the money to be able to keep on top of that and educate your staff and keep them compliant it, it's quite a lot for those small independents definitely 
And, and do you think that obviously you mentioned there that you know sales and lettings, obviously both sides of of the coin there. Um, do you think there have been any particular trends or any increase or decrease in value in one side of those um, over the course of, say, the pandemic during lockdown? I know that lettings could obviously keep sort of chugging along, as it were, whereas in some parts sales dipped. Do you think that the the perception around value of, of either side of the business has changed um, and is perhaps, again, being a driver behind that? I think definitely during the first the few months where we were not allowed to trade effectively or sell and move people into properties, it was very clear then to our directors and the people in charge of the business that our lettings business is a lot more stable than they ever gave it credit for, which is quite nice um, because we have a regular income stream which doesn't differentiate much each month. It's quite steady. Um, whereas with sales, it's it's kind of all or nothing. You either sell the houses or you don't. And if you're not getting the instruction numbers you need, you're not where you should be. Whereas with lettings, with your managed units or not, unless you've got a big landlord who's got 100 properties, which is quite unlikely, but it's not what we've got up here, your managed income each month, it's a nice steady income. That makes sense. Obviously, the question of stability is always going to be important. That security and income, making sure that you have that ticking along uh, consistently. It's uh, it's obviously going to be a big part of that. Um, obviously, then for yourselves, uh, as you say, it has been part of a, a longer term strategy to to acquire businesses and to grow in that way alongside growing organically. I mean, what what kinds of things do Red does Redbrick look for uh, when looking to acquire businesses? Is it you know, just you'll spot something and think that looks, you know, that is a good opportunity? Or is it something where you have a very, very structured um, approach and uh, strategy towards that, presumably? Definitely tends to be a company that has similar ethos to us. That tends to be where we start. And so if they're a small independent, that is normally something that we would go for. Preston Baker was probably the most different that we've done because they are a lot bigger, but they were small. And then got big. Um, so I think that's where we always start. Make sure that these people that we're going to be looking after have had similar experiences of what we're going to give them. And I think that's really, really important. If they were looking, being looked after by a big corporate, for example, and we were taking that over, they would have such a different experience and they might not welcome the change. But if they're moving into something that is similar, they seem to be quite happy and they do stay as well, which is nice can be a relatively big uh, question of occasionally be a question of change management for employees but you're right obviously for customers as well it, it has to you have to ensure that that sense of uh, that service level is streamlined and that they don't see a difference or that they see an improvement I suppose um so is that where the question of ethos comes in as well I mean for uh, as I say for employees too um have you is there anything in particular that after three acquisitions you know at each step on each of those acquisitions did you uh, learn something new and approach the next one in a different way or was that that kind of progression <laughs> I'd like to say that they're all quite easy but they're not everyone has its own challenges regardless of which company it is or however good the company is that you are purchasing you are always going to have problems come from them and um, whether that be a tenant that's not got that not paying the rent which we've not been informed of fully or there are always those risks with it but no everyone has been so different and some definitely easier than others and I think that's just part and parcel of it I think even if you streamline your processes which we've managed to do with doing three like oh it'll be be a lot better this time it's it's never better (laughs) 
it's always as tricky as the last one. So, yeah. Everybody operates in a different way from the beginning. So it's, it's never going to be able to be a step by step guide, I, I suspect. Um, and it, when you when you do um, acquire these different businesses, what, what kind of approach do you take? I mean, do you all do you incorporate them all under the red brick banner or is it something where you, you still uh, leave them to to operate sort of as an independent agency, but just ensuring that your reach is expanded into into a different area perhaps they are red brick tenants as soon as we've kind of bought the business effectively they are straight away red brick tenants red brick landlords and how we kind of obviously before it's all signed a lot of the time the people that we're buying from will give us contact details of, of, and obviously we'll have spoken with them but the first thing for us is getting in touch with those landlords and explaining to them what is happening and um, how we're going to be different if better if and what service we're going to provide to them and just get them on board from the beginning. Um, but yeah, straight away, Red Brick branding is a massive thing for us and not having somebody else's name in it within our business. So yeah, it's Red Brick straight away. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Obviously, if you do have that strong branding behind it and reputation behind it, it makes sense to be able to expand it across the different branches. Um, and, and in order to to ensure that that message is transmitted into the, the new branches that you've acquired, um, are there any sort of set training programs, things like that, that you go through in order to ensure that everybody's sort of brought up to speed and everybody's on the same level and make sure you're operating towards the same ethos, as you said, with that being so important? Well, during the acquisitions, we've not actually taken any staff on. It has just been portfolio numbers, so it has been taken on by Redbrick staff anyway. Um, I think, obviously, the next acquisition we do, if it, if it does come with staff, that will be a whole different kettle of fish for us where we would have to, obviously, introduce lots of training for the members of staff, but we've, we've not had to do that as of yet, which is, I don't want to say quite nice, but probably made the process a little bit easier can understand that it is an interesting way to uh, to approach it whereby yeah you, you can just uh, just deal directly with the landlords I suppose just that transfer of, of communications over um, and I, I mean is that something that because I believe that you know taking uh, Preston Baker Sheffield as the as the example um, I believe that that happened during lockdown last year is my understanding <laughs> so how, how did that go as, as a process it was probably easy because I think a lot more people, I think during the pandemic, especially tenants, they didn't bother us unless it was a genuine emergency, um, which was quite not nice. But to be able to have the time to to focus on it, it was the perfect time to do it because we obviously we had no inquiry calls because we had no properties on the market because we hit them all because we couldn't do viewings. So that, that seemed quite pointless. It was the pure management of the properties that we already had that was being dealt with at the moment obviously having these landlord calls and making sure everybody's okay so having that extra bit of time to be able to put all of your efforts into a new acquisition I think the thing that probably because of the the pandemic and people not paying rents that type of thing did bring another issue with the takeover because people might have been on payment plans which weren't going to be a part of anything three months ago we'd not heard of anything like that we would not agreed these types of things with tenants before so I think that more than anything but I think definitely think we had a lot more time to be able to complete it and it's probably more thorough and um, which was it was nice for everybody really 
So it's nice that there has been a, an opportunity amongst everything that's happened in the past year and uh, giving you that time to be able to do it in a, in a more uh, uh, focused way, I suppose. It's impressive that you managed to, to push through and obviously it's been a successful acquisition for you uh, for you so far. One of the other questions that I had, it was um, perhaps looking to the future. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you commented on the fact that the tenant fee ban has obviously pushed a lot of this consolidation. Ten years down the road, do you envisage that that will have continued to, to expand rapidly, that consolidation of the industry? Do you think that it will level off again? I mean, what, what would your predictions be on that on that side? I think every area is different. I mean, we, we look after Sheffield and Chesterfield and you get such a different range of, of agents in both the market in each place is so different. So I think per area, it, it's kind of independent to it itself. I mean, in Chesterfield, you, you do have kind of five agents that are competing agents. Um, whereas Sheffield, you you so much more and you do have a broader range of independents, big kind of countrywide you you've got so much more in the bigger areas and um, for Chesterfield I think your smaller independents more likely the ones to be wanting to sell it's just who they sell to um because you've only got that number of five as competition it's whether they want to sell to competition or, or if they don't or where they want to take it so I think it's definitely per area on on that do you think that the shift in in perhaps tenant demand um, in terms of what they're looking for and therefore the locations that they've started to look for recently with remote working and so on. Do you think that that will push consolidation into areas that might not necessarily have been on the cards previously? I think it's better for us up north than it is for people down in London. I think we've definitely got the better end of that deal than anybody else, Um, especially where we're located within the Peak District. And we have seen, especially from as soon as we were allowed to do viewings last year, people moving out of bigger cities to a quieter location, which has been great for us because our tenant demand has gone skyrocketing. Um, but we've not got the supply. So our market has been consistently crazy since May the 20th or whatever day it was we were allowed to open. Um, so I think we've definitely got the better end of, of that, that stick. <laughs> It's true. I think uh, down south in London, especially, I think a uh, lack of garden space here is has <laughs> definitely made a difference. Um, I mean, touching on that question of supply, I mean, obviously, when you when you go through an acquisition, you are gaining that portfolio of landlords with their properties. Um, but, um, you know, that that doesn't necessarily mean that the housing stock itself is expanding. You're just obviously finding a different source for that. I mean, are there any other um, options for, for growing that portfolio in a more organic way that um, that at Redbrick you're you know trialing alongside the acquisitions yeah because we've changed the whole structure as well during the pandemic which came into kind of force I'd say in February this year and um, so we have got to a point now where we are big enough to have independent independent focus teams that are the the valuers effectively the property representatives um, and the front we've got like a front of house team and they are the people that will be working on getting new landlords, going out and valuing the properties. And we obviously before we just had one valuer per location, um, which was myself in Chesterfield and colleague Jen in Sheffield. And we were also branch managing. So we had quite a lot of things on our, we had a lot of plates spinning. Whereas now they've got a really good focus on the areas that they're working in and developing those areas so much more which has been, it's been incredible to change straight away. Um, 
and having those teams in there with them. They've got a team and they're just going through and finding all the landlords using the different, like we use Spectre, um, based in sales offices as well. So they're working alongside the sales team with really good relationships with those, trying to find, using the databases, just trying to find where these landlords are. Certainly sounds like you've got the right the right structure and approach in, in place. Um, and uh, again, presumably you've perhaps had a bit more time, uh, as it were, to, to set that up, or at least a plan to set it up as well over, over the past year too. Um, no, I mean that's that's really interesting. I mean the other thing that I, I read that you'd um, you'd also done recently it's not just acquisitions, but I believe you opened a couple of new branches in Sheffield, which is that's that's quite exciting to do. To uh, you seem to have really you know completely restructured and grown this year in different ways. Um, I mean, if I can perhaps ask first, I mean, why why did you choose to expand in in that way, sort of that physical footprint uh, for for the start of this year? We had too many staff, so we needed more space first off. So um, definitely the, the big kind of flagship office in um, in Sheffield, it's incredible. It's got a um, restaurant underneath it called Rafina um, with the office above, just trying to create a bit of a different concept. So it's it's a great office. It's on probably the one of the busiest roads in Sheffield. And as soon as you drive down, you don't see anything but red brick. Um, so that was kind of the choice for that one. Um, but the teams have grown quite considerably as well because the, obviously both market sales and lettings have been um, unbelievable for the last obviously 18 months since we were allowed to open again. Um, and it has been non-stop for everybody. So we did need more space. Um, so that was the reason for that one. And then we've got one in North Sheffield as well, which is an area that we didn't have much presence in. So obviously having the office there, hopefully we'll be able to get bigger presence in in those areas that we don't touch on too much at the moment. I think that that is very much a key word of presence and uh, making sure that you're you're visible in these different areas. Um, I, I do love the idea of having a restaurant in the <laughs> in your branch. I mean, is that is that for staff? Is it like a red brick type branded uh, restaurant for for landlords mm-hmm. and tenants too? Is it? So what what's the idea behind it's it? A separate branding, so it's called Rafina, and it's open to the public. It is run as a restaurant. You can book and go for dinner there. Um, I, to be honest, I think it's just. A different concept the north sheffield office as well that's got a cafe underneath so it's a cafe and then obviously our sales team above um, and it's, with that you've got more people coming in because they will be coming in for coffee um, and then when they want to sell the house about oh well, our coffee shop has got an estate agent upstairs so we'll use them we'll look at them and you just get more people talking about you really it's it's nice different but nice is a different concept and it must be nice as well to be able to say well we'll, we'll meet you as the, as the potential landlord and let's go for a coffee as well it must make those conversations much easier to be able to do it in a relaxed atmosphere especially in the the, big, the bigger office in Sheffield because they're downstairs so if you do have we've got really good meeting space in there as well so if we've got clients coming in we can just say um, the, the guys from downstairs will come and bring us some really nice coffees or drinks or whatever people would like and they can just bring them up for us which is really really nice it's a it's a good perk of working in those offices. It does sound good to me. <laughs> but I, I guess then continuing on this idea of presence. I mean, obviously having having a presence is going to help any agency grow. You know, if if you're not visible, then then you're not going to be considered as as being a a letting agent for a, for a landlord. In terms of say let's say marketing and so on. I mean, how how else do you look at actually reaching and tra- and attracting new tenants if you have to do that at the minute. I know demand is quite high, so if you have to look for new tenants, but more importantly, new landlords. I mean, how is it that you reach out uh, to to that to audience? 
so many different ways. I think it is new new landlords is quite a tricky one. Obviously, we, we do kind of we'll we'll try a lot of things, respect to different marketing and getting involved in the community. And we do a lot of kind of charity stuff as well, which I know it for us that's probably really important. We do have the Reprit Foundation and even though you might not directly be marketing for a new landlord having events in Chesterfield like the tech we've done the Chesterfield half marathon and last year's been changed the last couple of years because obviously the pandemic is a 10k this year and um, but being involved and I, I think you can't beat that the other marketing things it, we'll have targeted campaign, campaigns quite often for if we think oh we need some more landlords let's do this on right move let's try this but the, the stuff in the community I don't think you can beat it if that yeah that's where we do really really well at. I suppose if it shows that you care about the community and the local area that you're working in then landlords are going to be able to see that you're you'll take care of their property as well and uh, that you know you, you understand and support the the local area which is always nice to see. Notice that uh, in a similar way I think I, I spotted that you you won the award for the properties best company to work for in the UK um, if that's if that's right. Do you think that that kind of award that kind of recognition uh again helps in a similar way it uh, you know builds up awareness not only of um your agency through the awards that you win but also shows that you do care about your employees and and so on definitely i think that one's going to help us when employing new members of staff as well so it's quite recent and um, it wasn't too long ago that we actually got that award um but obviously on your different platforms where you can see the status of, of these companies that's going to really bring us hopefully the best staff when we do our vacancies and um, landlords I, I'm not quite sure if that would be something that they would be as I'm trying to think of the word and um, I don't think it would necessarily attract a new landlord but it's, it's very impressive and it hopefully will just make the team better and um, when we are getting new members of staff and um, yeah it's it's quite nice to say I'll work for one of the best 100 companies in, in the UK yeah it's very very good achievement and then the lady Claire and um, the HR lady who um who had a massive part in that did so so well to get all the information to them to to get it all through and was recognized it's yeah it's really good this is certainly a good achievement as you say it does just uh it's it sort of swings in roundabouts it's a good thing that uh obviously your staff you all enjoy working there which i think does show through when you're working with with customers um but as you grow you need to make sure that you do have the right people on board to make sure that you're growing in the right way as well and you can continue to maintain that high level of service even as you do become a, a larger company having touched on the idea of, of um, marketing as well and sort of uh you know, again, on that idea of presence. Um, I know that your blog and that type of content, you've obviously quite active uh, on there. Um, you seem to have lots of different bits of content, whether it's uh, looking at the industry, whether it's looking at, you know, top tips and things like that. Have you always placed that level of importance in content? Is that something that's grown, only grown during the pandemic? Is that something which, uh, you know, has always been part of, the, again, that long-term strategy? It's definitely been become more important, I'd say, since the pandemic. However, it has always been a great focus. The blog has always been on the website. Um, it's definitely been updated, I'd say, more um, since. I mean, we do have a marketing team within Redbrick, and having that team there, they obviously schedule when things should go out, when, when things shouldn't go out, um, and have, making it it's consistent now, I'd say. Before it was when a new piece of legislation had changed and we would update people. But now it's, it's consistent. Landlords and purchasers, they, they all have a 
dedicated kind of newsletter each month that goes out to them as well and just keeping everybody informed especially with landlords as well keeping them informed of good news um a lot of the time when we ring landlords it's bad news or this is broken down or um so keeping them up to date with the market as well um and informing them of if it's a good time for them to sell, if it's a good time for them to keep the property and, and just keeping them in the loop with, with what's going on, which is really, really important. It's always been part of the, the business plan and it's just definitely more consistent now. It's true. I think that sharing um, your expertise, uh, again, it's, it's, it's important for making sure that you're keeping your current landlords up to date, but also if you can show that expertise, even if it is with potential landlords and show that you know what it is you're talking about, you can support them and give them peace of mind in all these different areas like legislation and whatnot, which always seems to be changing um, and, uh, yeah, different things on the horizon. It, it makes sense. It's nice before the pandemic because we used to do that whole investor evening, landlord evenings um, in obviously the local area, um, but we've not been able to do that as of yet because obviously all the restrictions just keep changing all of the time so you don't want to book something in and you get cancelled and you pay out for an event that doesn't go ahead but then we really enjoy doing those as well and we found we we do get a lot of interest and we get new landlords from from that as well because we'll just obviously go up we'll have a turn at the front we'll showcase properties that are great investment properties the different up-and-coming areas in within Sheffield or Chesterfield whichever focus we are obviously focused on and going from there that the last one we did was just before the pandemic it was in February 2020 and um, we did it at Sheffield United um, and we got new landlords from that we got a lot of business from it um, free tickets for people a lot of people want to switch over from different agents because they were impressed with the knowledge that we'd given them and it's just nice to to meet people rather than just just writing a blog or and it just going out to people but obviously hopefully we'll get back to that no my, my next question was going to be if you got another one on on the horizon yet i think seem to be starting to stabilize a bit more so perhaps you could look at getting those things back into the diary definitely Obviously, you know, we've covered quite a lot, a lot of ground, you know, in terms of acquisitions and growing. You're obviously doing a, a lot of the right things, um, I, I think. I mean, is there any sort of one thing, um, whether it is something we've discussed, whether it's anything new that you would say gives you an edge over your competition, you know, that, that gives landlords an easy uh, decision to make when it comes to looking at who they want to choose as a letting agent? For us, it's that we are local. Um, we stick by that. We don't use kind of um, contact centres within a different city. Um, when a landlord is using us on a fully managed service, they will have, as soon as that property's been let, they will have one person look after them. Um, and that person will go and do the property inspections. They will chase the rent if the let rent is late. They will get in touch with them regarding maintenance if there's any issues. They'll do the checkout at the end of the tenancy. So they, they are really getting a personal service. Um, they get to build good relationships with the asset manager that is looking after their property. Um, and that's why people use us and um, why we get so many referrals as well, because the service is is just tailored to that, that landlord, basically. And we do ask them at the beginning, how would you like us to manage your property for you? Do you want to be contacted at all? Do you want to, how involved do you want to be? And just finding out what they want and um, providing that for them. 
And I suppose that coming back to, to the overarching topic of acquisitions, I guess that that must be a quite interesting conversation to have with all new landlords that you that you acquire in the in the different agencies that, that you acquire and actually, you know, having that discussion with them, seeing what they're used to and seeing uh, seeing how you can improve that service, I guess. I, w- I would like to say we've, we've managed to do that. Um, I hope so. Anyway, we've, most of the landlords that we've taken on from acquisitions have stayed unless they've sold, which obviously selling is, is different. We've not had any leaves to go to another agent. Um, so I'm hoping we're, we're succeeding with, and we're, we're happy with, they're happy with us. Well, they, I know they are happy with us because we do, we do get in touch with them enough to, to find out what's going on and if there's anything we can do to improve the service. Um, but no, they really appreciate that call, to be honest, um, to, to find out, as, is there anything you don't like with your current agent? Is there anything you'd like us to do differently? And this is our standard service effectively. Are you going to be happy with that? If not, do you need inspections more frequently? Do you want no contact? Do you want us to ring you over any piece of maintenance? Or how involved do you want to be? And yeah, go from there. Always communication is it's always a key to to every uh, you know collaboration that you have with uh, with customers. I think um, I know it sounds like a fantastic statistic if you've had none none of those landlords that have come over to obviously move on to another agency. It's uh, you're obviously doing uh, doing things right by contacting them and asking these questions. I mean, perhaps just to to round it off then on on the topic of acquisitions with the experience that Redbrick has. I mean, would you have any top tips for for agencies uh, that are looking to acquire or, or to just just agencies looking to to grow whether it is organically or whether it is through acquisitions start small I think that's always a good good stepping stone I mean the first one that we took over it was um I think it was 38 38 40 properties um and if, if you start in and it's going to be something that you do really want to do I would start with quite a small small portfolio and um, if you take off something too big and you don't factor in staffing um, and you've not got staff and you're enough staff you're already not you're going to fail to provide the service you want to provide for these clients and if you lose them you've wasted money and um, so is starting small being really quite methodical with it and making sure you are communi- communicating with the landlords as much as possible within the first kind of three weeks of purchasing um the other business contacting them before but constant communication making sure everybody's settled working out which clients are nervous um not quite feeling or liking the change and proving them wrong and making them turn into your clients I think that that's the only thing I could probably was quite a lot there actually isn't there but No, I mean, that definitely seems like great advice. I mean, you know, there can be a thing as perhaps growing too quickly if you don't have the staff on board or the capacity to be able to to deal with clients in the right way and ensure that they can you can maintain that level of service, then there's no point in taking them on board. Otherwise, it would just have a negative result in the end, which obviously isn't ideal. <laughs> and perhaps just a, one more question to, to round off uh, our conversation, because it's always uh, a, a nice one to, to get different perspectives from the different agents I talk to. After our conversation, obviously, you at Redbrick, you're, you are having quite a lot of success. You are growing. But does this mean that you've got an overall positive view of the industry at large, would you say, going forwards? 
lettings definitely yes I mean I don't work in sales so I can probably only speak for lettings as as, as much as such but um lettings definitely we we have still been non-stop um rents have increased quite a lot in our area as well um due to obviously demand and it's it, we thought it might have slowed down because it's been so kind of frantic but it's still as soon as the property comes on the amount of inquiries that you're getting for it amount of applications is absolutely fantastic for landlords at the moment um so yeah i think that'll definitely continue probably until the end of the year and then it depends on how much the sales market picks up because it has slowed down a little bit up here at the moment and because it's it's, as soon as something goes on the market for sale again you've got a lot of people fighting for properties which has then stopped them from putting their house on the market because they're trying to buy in the market as well and so yeah, I think definitely until the end of the year and then assessment at the end of the year, we should know how and if it's going to continue. I do think it will continue um, because, again, um, demand demand for our areas have, have gone up. It's very hard to predict <laughs> the future, but it's it's good if it's an over overall positive outlook. And, uh, yeah, there'll always be ebbs and flows. But, uh, yeah, let, let's see what what, uh, what the future brings us towards the end of the year, at least. And then we'll, we'll uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look ahead from there. Perhaps we'll have another conversation at that stage and see uh, and see what's changed since. Well, thank you ever so much for for having this conversation with me. I think it's been really interesting. Some definitely some good points raised about uh, acquisitions and obviously organic ways of uh, of uh, growing your agency. So thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat with me. No problem. Thank you for having me.